Good. We we have been. We've been talking right. about it for ten minutes already. Yeah, can we go? I'm ready. Let's I'm go. ready. Let's speed through everything other than that. I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. All right. Live to tape. Millennials season two, episode 25. We are back from our summer break. I'm Andrew. I'm Elisa. I'm Laura. And I'm Matt. A lot has changed since we were last on the air. Uh, Sulu mm-hmm. was still straight. I Andrew still was still gay. Mm-hmm. I still hadn't done a keg stand. I wasn't ready to quit Uber. What? Lynn Manuel Miranda was still Alexander Hamilton. I'm ready to quit Uber. I, you oh, know what? what happened? Because uh, I was doing this Uber pool a few days ago, and that means like you can ride with multiple passengers, like different different passengers, uh, different customers, whatever. So so I pick up one guy. He sits in my back seat. A <laughs> couple minutes later, pick up another guy. He comes in the front seat. He looks at me. He's like, "Are you Andrew?" And I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> At first, I thought he was just making sure he had the right driver. <laughs> oh, he's like, he's like, oh, oh, I know, you know, Mike, Mike, right? Mike, last name. And I'm like, oh, how do you know Mike? <laughs> so my this guy is friends with Mike through Tre- Trevor Project, the volunteer thing he does. And I'm like, God damn it! Oh. How am I getting? How how is this happening? There's a billion people people in LA, and two weeks into Ubering, I know somebody in my car. I don't want people to know I'm doing it. Why? Why? What's, What's wrong? wrong? Because I don't want to pick up like a friend or something. Anyway, this guy was super cool. <laughs> I hadn't met him before, and like he was cracking me up. I will only pick up my enemies. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just want to pick up strangers. I don't want to pick up any friends or anything. <laughs> I'm not looking for new friends, so just Damn tell it. me your address. <laughs> and the worst part is Uber doesn't tell you who you're picking up. You don't know until you're in front of them. So mm-hmm. I mean, it could be anybody. So so I'm just kidding. I'm not going to quit over that. But I was well, surprised I was it only took two weeks. Probably for the best that you can't just reject people based on their names and pictures. Yes, Laura, I see what you're implying. Well, yes. no, also, like, what if you saw my name and picture come up? You'd be like, fuck that bitch. I'd pick you up and bring you back to my place or something. All right, that's cool, as long as you don't charge me for the ride. <laughs> Speaking of rides and you, you yeah. you're a whole new woman. I am. Wait, um, during During the break, I... I uh, caught a car, bought a car, but more <laughs> importantly, I caught an Eevee which is my favorite oh, congratulations. Pokemon. Congratulations. And is I was exciting. so excited about it. Um, but yeah, I got a Prius. I love it. Saving all the money on gas. Oh my gosh. What's your average, you told us? 55 miles a gallon. <sighs> it's amazing. You should Uber with that thing. Yeah, no. <laughs> I think with this with this Prius purchase, your white liberal starter kit is complete. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. I was telling you the other day, the only things that I need to start doing now are to start composting and stop shaving my armpits. And I think <laughs> I'll have it at that point. Yeah. I'll be there. So perhaps the biggest thing that's happened while we've been away, other than some serious news stories that we will touch on in a moment, is that Pokemon Go has truly swept the world. Um, in a be- day. Yeah, it became available last week, and everyone was just immediately obsessed with it. Surely everybody knows about it 
right now. And by some miracle, all four of us are playing it. I'm actually surprised that Elisa and Laura are. Really? Yeah. Why are you surprised you, I'm playing it? Well, I don't actually. Yeah, I guess none of you struck me as Pokemon players. Oh, God. I mean, come on. We were 90s kids. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Did you guys but, do the Pokemon trading cards or the Game Boy games or what? Yeah. No. Okay. Oh. Same. <clears throat> All of the above. Also, Pokemon Snap. Yes. Which, I love Pokemon Snap. Which you can buy now for Wii U. It's the shitty. It's it's just it's like through the virtual console. But you mm-hmm. can buy that if you have a Wii U. I mean, I watched a couple episodes of the show, but I never played the games. Oh, okay. But um, it's addicting, and we're gonna talk about yeah, it more later. Yeah. This oh, episode. Oh, are we not talking about it? Oh no, we're not. Yeah, okay, go later. ahead. But we're gonna move through everything really fast into so we the can, show, <laughs> so we can just talk about Pokemon. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> somebody put most importantly this last item, but I don't agree. I think Pokemon Go was bigger. Who thought this yeah. was bigger? Um, I thought this was bigger, but I regret that decision. I'm sorry. There is a Bulbasaur right next to my fucking apartment. And then this entire intro, I haven't paid two shits worth of attention. I've been staring at my phone, watching the footsteps get slowly closer to me (laughs) and trying to light incense. And I still can't get them. So I'm going to have to peace out after this. Um, But we wanted to talk a little bit about Brexit because that happened right after we went into break. It was not a timely choice, Britain. <laughs> no. But thanks. No. Thanks for that. Um, but it, we we did a so we we did a, a special episode for after dark or for for during the break rather a special episode of Millennial that's available on Patreon, um, and we interviewed one of my friends, Conrad. He lives in London. He is a, a lawyer there. His profession will be very directly affected by by Brexit vote. And that that's online. Everyone should go and check that out if you can. And you only have to subscribe at the two dollar level, so it's 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 totally worth it. And I think he did a phenomenal job breaking down all of the issues. Um, and uh, definitely go go look at that. But we want to talk really quick about what the hell even happened and what our reactions were like because this is a really huge deal. We're probably going to ha- see a lot of this unravel over the next few months. In fact, well, we should say I guess what happened is that. Obviously, they voted to leave the EU, and that surprised everybody. It was a very, very tight race. The next day, I think all of us were in shock. I remember talking to you guys on online as it was happening and going like, oh, no. Oh, no, this can't be happening. Like, <laughs> Oxford just went blue. What? What is going on? Yeah. Um, but it was it was crazy. And then the fallout just started instantly. I think it became very apparent to everybody that the Leave campaign was not prepared to win. They did not anticipate that they were actually going to succeed because as soon as they won, they had no plan in place. Mm-hmm. They didn't know who the prime minister was going to be next. Uh, and it was just it was just quite shocking. And um, so now what the latest development is that Home Secretary Theresa May, who was sort of known as being a, a Euroskeptic, and she was act- she actually led a very strong anti-immigrant campaign over in Britain. Um, uh, again, my friend Comrade was telling me that, that she had sort of gotten a bunch of trucks and vans. On, on the sides of the vans, it would say, um, are you an immigrant? Uh, if so, be prepared to show us your papers. And these trucks would would drive around London and asking people and stopping people and asking them to show their papers to prove that they were they were there legally. 
This is the new prime minister, almost assuredly. It was between her and one other woman, but the other woman has since dropped out. And so the conservative party is expected to vote Theresa May as a leader of their party and therefore the prime minister. So good luck to us all. So, wow. I just want to say, USA, this is the ghost of our Christmas future. (laughs) Like, let's, let's not. Right. Okay. It's a friendly reminder that everybody needs to get out and vote this November. Yep. Yeah, but let's, I mean, let's focus on, you know, the UK right now anyways, because this is a reality for them now. This is the ghost of Christmas present. And yeah. So <laughs> yeah. It's, it's pretty shitty. Well, I think one of the things that's so surprising is how quickly David Cameron is stepping down. Yeah. I mean, he said, I, he said that he was going to be on through the summer and that he would try and, you know, uh, um, deal with the fallout as best he could until then. But he's basically out like next week at this point because, you know, the conservative party is going to vote on their new leader. Um, again, presumably this Theresa May woman um, within like the next few days. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's really fast. That's really, that's much faster turnaround than I think anybody was anticipating. Yeah. Well, and it's political suicide. Yeah, it for is. Anybody like, who wants oversees that. Yeah. And the EU, for their part, has also been pushing for the UK to do this as quickly as possible. So it is moving fast, faster than I think people expected. And we'll see how it p- pans out. I know the, the value of the pound is still in bad shape, and it's probably going to stay there for a while. Um, yeah, it's worse than there's, it was during the recession. There's um, hints that this is going to be... The, the early hints that people are already being very racist over there. There's these comments being made by people who voted to leave towards people um, there in the UK that are uh, very offensive. I think a lot of people feel very vindicated. We mentioned the, the immigration issue. That was a big factor in this. Mm-hmm. People uh, were getting scared by how many immigrants were coming into the country and taking their jobs and stuff like that. Um for different reasons, by the way, than the ones we're afraid of over here in America, mm-hmm. <laughs> in in some ways. A lot of people are scared of immigrants right now because of Trump and saying, you know, ban all Muslims because one of them could blow up a city or something like that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I- we'll see how it pans out. We'll obviously be talking about this for a while because the switch isn't going to happen overnight. A lot of things have to be panned, have to pan out. Right. right. But yeah, so definitely listen to that special episode on Patreon. It was it was really good because your friend offered a lot of smart information. So yeah, yeah. he made us sound a lot smarter than we. No, are, it was really so. good. I I actually really enjoy listening to you guys, and I'm glad I wasn't on it because it was really good. <laughs> <laughs> All so, right. what's been going on in the news, Laura? So. Obviously, we can't kick off the news this week without talking about all of the horrific events that have been happening um, for these last few days. And of course, I'm referring to um, the murders of Alton Sterling and Philando uh, Castile. Um, a couple of really difficult. I I don't even think that's the right word. Like, I can't think of the right word to describe it. But like, just fucking horrendous videos to watch. I don't know if any of you saw them. Um, Two um, innocent black men who were gunned down uh, by police officers in Louisiana and Minnesota. Um, This kind of 
uh, unleashed a chain of events around the country. There were numerous demonstrations, um, namely one that happened in Dallas at the end of last week in which um, a number of Black Lives Matter demonstrators came out to peacefully protest and a complete fucking psychopath came out and started shooting at everybody, um, including the demonstrators and the police officers. Um, a number of demonstrators and police officers were shot and injured. Um, five police officers were killed. Their names were Brent Thompson, Patrick Samaparia, Michael Kroll, Lauren Arens, and Michael Smith. Um, so just a lot of really pointless loss of life this week. And I think just further reminder that we need to be figuring out how to begin to have this discussion about race relations between police and their communities, because something's not working. Um, We obviously are a panel of white people. And we know that trying to put ourselves in the shoes of people um, who are directly impacted by these events would be completely inappropriate and stupid. So what we wanted to do today was actually call a couple of Black listeners and let their voices be heard. So first, we're going to call Jasmine. Mm -hmm. And Andrew will cue that number up. Hello? Hi, Jasmine. Hi, yes. Hi, it's Millennial. Hey. Hi, how's it going? Good. Hey, guys. Oh, my God. Hey. Hey. (laughs) I know, right? Thank you. Wow. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining Oh, my God. We do. (laughs) You do, yes. So do you. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks. I feel like I know you guys so well. This is so weird. Aw. Aw. Want to make out? listening. (laughs) <laughs> oh hey i mean of course maddie come on now oh i love that you get called maddie that's just wonderful that's I love my name that's so we're you on a nickname basis yeah, yeah totally. We're friends. totally so jasmine first of all thank you so much for joining us um it was kind of last minute that we were asking for people to come on the show so it's just really great um that you could be here with us and i think first we just kind of wanted to give you some space to offer whatever might be on your mind in regards to everything that's happened in the last week. Uh, We just gave a very brief overview of what happened because we feel like everybody kind of already knows the details, but we're really interested in hearing just your thoughts, your reactions, your feelings. Yeah. Okay. Um, Well, first of all, I think it's amazing that you guys are doing this. Um, First of all, I'm calling from Canada, so I might have a slightly different perspective than a lot of your other listeners calling from America and such. But uh, I would say last week was the first time in a really long time that I felt completely helpless. And that doesn't happen with me very often. Like, I'm usually pretty good at desensitizing myself from a lot of the media, a lot of the comments and things like that. But just with everything that's been happening um, I just really think that that could be my father, that could be my brother, that could be my cousins in America that I've honestly haven't gone to visit in over five years now because subconsciously I'm afraid of what's been going on. And um, I try really hard not to get emotional about it, but um, I really broke down about it a couple of days ago. Um, 
because I feel like black people in America aren't safe anymore. And I don't know if it's anymore or if they ever truly were, but I think with more social media and more available outlets that people are able to see what truly happens. I think people are really seeing what it's like to live as a black person in America or in other countries around the world. And it's not easy. And I know I get, and I'm calling from Canada, so it is a different situation here slightly at least, but I think you guys are really starting to see what it's truly like. And I think it's amazing that so many people are able to film what's going on, such as, um, the band's girlfriend in that situation and just seeing the fact that the little girl was in the back of the car. And that's something that she will never forget. Yeah. And um, I don't think a lot of other people will forget what they saw either. And I'm so glad it was able to be showcased on Facebook because I think it's such a global perspective that people are able to see. And uh, yeah, I honestly, I don't even know what to think sometimes anymore because I'm just... Yeah so sick and tired of what's going on yeah on, on your point about the, the video i think the the live stream was a real turning point for this country because that was just a very raw look at exactly mm-hmm. what is happening in all in, in in these situations here in america i mean there is there is just if you watch that video you could not have had a better look at what's been going on um, and just the way that the woman filming was handling it and the way that the police officer was wrongly handling himself by what sounded like he was having a sort of panic attack. He knew right. how wrong he was. And you just you haven't mm-hmm. we haven't had this perspective before in these situations until now. And not right. to mention, and it just makes you think. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Oh, well, the last point is just uh, not to mention that you this video is so easily shareable and we know Facebook prioritizes right. videos. So everybody saw this. Mm-hmm. 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 And yeah, that was just something that I woke up to and I was in complete shock when I saw it. And uh, it just makes you really think like, these are just the incidences that are caught on video, right? So mm-hmm. how many other times does this happen that it just goes unheard? How many times does it happen in the inner cities that people don't give a shit about, excuse my language, but I mean, sure, like people care about it when it's between a white officer and a black person, but it happens so much more often, not just with black people. And I think that's a big thing to consider as well. Like it's not just a black issue. It's just a people of color issue and people of color does not always equate Mm -hmm. with black. And I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people forget about that. So I think that's just something to consider as well, because it's not just a black issue. It's a Hispanic issue. It's not just, you know, with blacks. Totally. Mm -hmm. Earlier, you spoke to the idea of being black in America and globally, for that matter. And I I think this also Mm -hmm. extends to just being a person of color is not easy. I wonder, what is it it like to have something like this happen, to have a video like this go viral, and to see people who may otherwise be well-meaning individuals, but who by virtue of their privilege were unaware of what was happening and what has been happening for as long as we've been here to all of a sudden react to it. Mm-hmm. I wonder what that's like. It is it frustrating? Yeah, um, 
it's it's a bit of both. Like, I don't want to say it's just frustrating because part of me is just really glad that people are truly starting to take notice. But also part of me is like, well, it's about fucking time, right? Because mm-hmm. just because it's on Facebook doesn't mean people shouldn't have already known that this was going on. I mean, we've had Sandra Bland. We've had so many other incidences that have that I would think should shake the nation, but really haven't. And I've kind of just been swept under the rug as, oh, they probably instigated it in some way or they just throw up their past records instead and then people don't care. They just become almost dehumanized in that sense. So um, in a way, it is very frustrating, but it is also I'm just happy that it's becoming more globally aware and I I don't see how it could really get worse. So I just really hope right. that something positive can come out of this and that there can be some changes that come out of this because yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't see how it could get much worse. So I guess our um, last question, I'm sorry. Yeah. I just want to ask a quick question for you. I think our last question it would just be what, what would you like to see happen moving forward in terms of, you know, obviously there needs to be policy prescriptions here, but if, if we, for example, or if other people just want to be an ally in this or just want to be supportive um, of, for example, the Black Lives Matter movement, what, how do you, mm-hmm. what would you like to see happen there? Like, what's the best way that we could be supportive? First of all, I think allies are incredibly important and I don't ever want people of other races to feel like just because I'm not black or whatever, it doesn't mean that you can't care. It doesn't mean that you can't advocate. Uh, like with other people of color, I don't want you to advocate like above them. You got to make sure that people of color's voices are being heard, which is amazing. And what you guys are doing right now, which I think is a huge, huge step because that doesn't usually happen in the media. But um, especially with the Black Lives Matter movement, I think right now it's really being painted as a riot and it's hardly being even painted as a true movement. And what a lot of people don't understand is that when you have a group of people who are oppressed like that for so long of a period and you don't understand what that's like, then it's not surprising that you do have violent uprisings that happen, such as what happened in Dallas. And I'm not trying to condone what happened, but if anyone's really surprised that something like that has happened, then I think they need to take a look in the mirror because this has been bubbling at the surface for so long. So I think people just really need to take a look at what the Black Lives Matter movement is all about, realize that it's not just black people complaining. It's not just them talking about something that's phantom and not true, but it's really important to consider that this is happening every single day. And it happens all the time. And with people that you may know or may not know, it's, it's just around you all the time. So I think people just need to take it a little more seriously. I agree. And uh, yeah, I don't know if you guys discussed the Jesse Williams um, acceptance speech with BET, but I think people can even start by just watching that because that was killer. So yeah, <laughs> and he it kind was... of predicted a lot of what's happened. So yeah, absolutely. And then a lot of people censored it. It was so so fucked up. Like mm. yeah, and then it ended just... up being about Justin Timberlake somehow, and it's like okay, the whole meaning got lost yeah. in the mix as what tends to happen, right? So yeah. I don't know. I think people just need to research a bit more like obviously you guys tend to do and become a little more educated about it. And yeah, allies are a huge thing and hopefully things will improve. Yeah. Jasmine, thank you so much for speaking with us. We really appreciate it. 
Thank you so much for calling me. Absolutely. You're so Have awesome. a good night up You're in Canada. Amazing. Have we some love you. For us. You guys are amazing. <laughs> oh, and my good friend Melissa just shout out to her. She loves you guys as well. Okay. She wanted Hi, to Melissa. Skype in and listen to this. Oh, but uh, sadly, I couldn't get a hold of her, and she's really oh, upset with me right now. So oh, I just want to shout out to her. Well, she hello. really loves you guys, especially you, Laura. Oh. And shout out to Lisa, too. <laughs> oh, she's half right. Yeah. Thanks. Fuck you. <laughs> she's like, well, fuck you, Matt and Andrew. All right. Yeah, we're hanging up now. No, I love you guys. It's I'm fine. Sorry. It's fine. <laughs> All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. All right. Thanks so much, guys. Sure. Bye. Bye. And, you know, speaking of the Black Lives Matter thing, I've seen a new fresh wave of of people misunderstanding the whole Black Lives Matter things mm-hmm. on Facebook. All these people being like, blue lives matter, all lives matter. It's like e- even even people I consider to be smart are screwing this up. Like, it's not hard to understand. Black lives no. matter. It exists because they haven't mattered. White lives have always mattered. Everybody has known this. <laughs> all people i saw a great there's a lot of different analogies for this but one of my favorites i think is um if you have a broken arm and you go to the doctor and the doctor says to you well yeah that arm is broken but you know all bones matter yes (laughs) it is true every bone in your body is important and does matter but this is the one that's broken right now and it's in desperate need of attention so maybe let's just focus on that for a second right i i Love that. And, and, and the Blue Lives Matter thing is even more frustrating because, like, fucking duh, the police matter. Come on. Yeah. No, it's- and I mean, like, what happened in Dallas was fucking tragic. Those police officers were murdered in cold blood. Yeah. They did not deserve to die. And that is certainly part of a much larger discussion that we need to have. But also recognizing that there is definitely a problem with the way that certain police officers are interacting with members of minority communities does not mean that you don't care about police officers right yeah this is this is my this is my only thought that i feel compelled to share about about the whole situation is that i think it is in my personal opinion i think it's true that the majority of police officers on an individual level are really good people and they're not the people who are are, who are doing this and um there's a lot of talk out there about there just being a few bad apples or bad apples who who are responsible for all of this. But here's here's the trouble with that is that the bad apple analogy um with the way that that ends is the bad apples spoil the bunch. And I think that's critical because we can't def- when bad apples spoil the bunch it means you have to get rid of those bad apples or else they're going to continue to spoil everything. Mm-hmm. So the problem that I have apart from obviously the heinous acts of these individuals is the fact that the institution protects these individuals. Mm-hmm. It's not that, it's not that I think that the majority of officers are, are bad. In fact, they're the ones who are running into places we're running away from. And particularly in the cases of Dallas, these were police officers who were protecting the protesters. They were there to make sure that they could have their say. So that's especially horrific. So I don't I'm not taking anything away from from law enforcement. I'm just saying that the institution as it stands, when have we ever seen anybody come out and say, yeah, that guy's an asshole, like pointing to their fellow cop. We mm-hmm. need to see police department chiefs. We need to see the FBI. We need to see heads of law enforcement coming out 
And firing these people, they need to be put on trial. Number one, mm-hmm. they're criminals. If they're killing people, they're criminals, whether you have yeah. a badge or not. So they, so my problem is, is not that I think most police officers are bad. It's that even if this theory about a few bad apples is true, fine. We need to throw them out. We need to kick them to the curb. And that needs to start with the institution doing that. They need to take care of their own. Yep. Exactly. Agreed. Um, mm-hmm. We also have another caller we're going to get in touch with here momentarily named Alexis. Hello? Hi, Alexis. This is she. Hi, this is Millennial. How are you? I'm I'm doing okay. Uh, just uh, kind of relaxing. I'm uh, recovering at the moment. Um, Crazy I, weekend? Uh, I had my gallbladder. Uh. <laughs> well, not really. I just had my gallbladder removed like Ooh. a week ago. Oh, so Gross. I um I successfully finished some Jello today. Nice. So what good job. flavor. Yeah. yeah. Um, strawberry. Yes. Yeah, that is yeah. an accomplishment. I had my gallbladder out a few years ago. I can totally <laughs> identify with how miserable the whole thing is. Um, it's and give- it, it, it's pretty awful. <laughs> yeah, and given that, it, it, thank you so much for being here. Oh yeah. Yeah, I um I was just perusing Twitter uh in between naps and uh um I was like, yeah, of course I'd love to participate. So, here yeah, I am. That's awesome. Well, we won't keep you too long so that you can get back to taking your naps, but we we just wanted to take <laughs> a few minutes to kind of say like we we've done an overview of everything that happened because we feel like everybody sort of knows what happened, so we don't know how much rehashing the details from our perspective does, um, but we just spoke with Jasmine a few minutes ago, and now we wanted to speak with you and just kind of get your overall thoughts, reactions, impressions of everything that's happened in the last week. Yeah, um, so it's kind of, like I said, uh, I you know just had my gallbladder removed, and um, there are actually a few complications with my surgery, so... Um, I was in the hospital for uh, a few days after the surgery, uh, which is kind of uncommon. Um, so when the news was breaking, I was kind of in a drugged up state in the hospital. Um, and my first reaction, um, kind of, you know, when I was having more lucid moments, um, was, you know, I, it's it's just it, it it's just heartbreaking again, but I'm just tired. You know, it's just it, it's just very very exhausting, um, because time and time and again, um, we've seen these things where where um, you know in the case of Philando, um, where he did absolutely everything right. He there was nothing there's nothing more he could have done. Um, and the the officer made a very 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 calculated decision to end his life um for absolutely no reason um and there's there's nothing that it, it, <laughs> there's nothing that anybody can can say to the contrary and you know i i will be um uh simultaneously shocked and also you know not surprised if he does not go to trial um and <laughs> and um get put away for murder because that's what it was um 
but you know, I'm just tired. I'm tired of it all. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I've been an activist and, you know, protester for, um, you know, specifically for Black Lives Matter and, um, and other movements, uh, since 2008. Um, and, you know, it just seems like, there have been some small things that have happened, but like, what, what are we fighting for? It's, it's like nothing ever changes. Um, and yeah, so those are kind of my initial thoughts. <laughs> yeah. I, and I imagine there's just gotta be so much, you know, it's, it's kind of a broad question to be like, what are your initial thoughts? But it's almost like I think because of who we are, like it's almost even hard mm-hmm. to know what to ask. So is yeah. there anything that yeah, I mean that you want us to know? Um Yeah, I mean I think for me, um I've I've had a very kind of real uh um I guess knowledge of my race um since I was really really young um I I am I'm mixed race so um my dad's black my mom's white um my mom is from um Mississippi um so that kind of you know marriage in in 1980 was um <laughs> was not not very friendly right um mm-hmm. and it, it you know, up until I want to say like seventy, I want to say it was like seventy seven, seventy eight in Tennessee is is when interracial marriage was legalized. So two years, my parents have been dating since like seventy six or something, um, and they it wasn't even legal to be married until a couple years. Um, um, after they actually, uh, or before they actually did. Um, so I've always just kind of been aware of, of my race and, um, you know, I was, I was called adopted for a long time. And, um, I, you know, I'm (laughs) being raised by my, you know, white mother. I, um, you know, too white or, too too white to be brown, too brown to be white, you know, um, that happens a lot mm-hmm. with biracial kids. Um, and at the same time, um, no matter what I did, um, I'm brown in, in every capacity. There's no way that I could ever be identified as a white person, um, because of my skin color. Um, and that was, made very apparent to me by security officers in malls. Um, I've been pulled over um, multiple times for, you know, relatively innocuous reasons. Um, and I've been arrested for, um, for these very small infractions um, and detained for very, 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 very small infractions that um, otherwise wouldn't um wouldn't warrant that kind of response mm-hmm. um and you know it's just it's very clear to me that i am a i'm a second class citizen um despite my upper middle class socioeconomic status um because of my skin color 
Um, so, so I guess for everybody that's, um, a non-brown person of color, um, it's, it's made very clear to us from the time that we're young that we are not, um, treated equally under the law. Um, and we try, we try very, very hard. Um, a lot of us do at least, uh, to operate within the law, but even then it doesn't matter, right? Like it, it, um, it eventually, it eventually is up to somebody who has authority, um, and their mood that day, <laughs> you know, whether, whether your life gets changed or not, um, or ru- or ruined or killed or what have you. So, yeah. um, yeah. Jasmine, who we spoke with earlier, mentioned something, and I feel like you were kind of alluding to this just now. Um, she was saying she's Canadian, that she feels like her her cousins and her other family members who live over here aren't safe. She was saying that it's not oh, no. safe to be black in America. Mm-mm. Yeah, I. Um, so my my family lives in, um, you know, pretty big house in a pretty white neighborhood in, you know, Northern Virginia, you know, suburbs of DC. Um, wait, is, is Lisa there? She is. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. Oh, oh hi. Uh, hey girl, what's up? Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm just hanging out, just, you know, not trying to take the Metro. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a smart choice always. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so, um, you know, and my brother and I like to go on walks at night. Um, but we we tend to only go like at twilight, right? Like we we mm-hmm. like to go, you know, because if it's dark and and there's somebody in the neighborhood that doesn't know us, then we are at very high risk. Um, especially because I have really short hair, um, so I can you know, especially at night, I can be mistaken, um, you know, for <laughs> a young black guy, I guess, um, and. You know, and it, it, um, we can be hurt, uh, very, very easily. Um, yeah, I've been screamed at by cops. I've been abused by cops, um, you know, all over the country in Los Angeles, Orlando, Chicago, um, here in DC area. Um, you know, so it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where, um, you know, it's a, it's a systemic issue that, um, you know, like police, police were originally formed to, to patrol, um, runaway slaves. Like that was the, the entire point. Um, uh, not including, you know, obviously sheriffs are different and sheriff departments are different, but actual police forces and police departments were originally formed to, to regulate black people. Like that was, that was the entire purpose. And people, people forget that, um, you know, because they've kind of rebranded, uh, these days, but, I think the sentiment is still there, um, yeah, after all these years. So, um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's surprising just listening to you talk about, you know, uh, feelings, feeling in, feeling at risk or not safe walking around and what have you. Uh, that's, mm-hmm. I think something that I'm, that personally I'm only learning is such a universal experience for people of color. Um, you know, 
I would once in a while growing up, like hear stories here or there from, you know, a couple of people, but the older I've gotten and the more that this has come out uh, into the limelight, I mean, it's everybody. I I don't think I've ever Mm -hmm. encountered, you know, a person of color I've spoken to about this issue where they haven't at the top of their head had 10 stories to tell me about it. And that's shocking to me. That's shocking. I would never, you know, that's, I, that's obviously not something that I live with. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I I think if if nothing else, we can be broadcasting how universal of, of an experience that is. I think that's very it's a very important takeaway. Just because we're not just because you know our friends and family um, uh, who are who are black or Hispanic, what have you, just because they're not telling you these things all the time doesn't mean it's not happening. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess my our final question for you is we asked we asked Jasmine this as well. What would you like mm-hmm. to see people who people who want to be supportive of the Black Lives Matter movement or just the general, you know, let's not be racist uh, um, <laughs> ideology. If we want to be supportive of that, what are what would you like to see happen? What would you like to see from us or others who want to be supportive? Oh, man, I mean, that's such a that's such a tough question because. Um, so many people kind of arrive at, um, you know, quote unquote, the Black Lives Matter movement at different stages in their learning of social mm-hmm. injustice. Um, like, for example, you guys, I wouldn't say like, oh, you know, read up on like it, the actual marches in the civil rights movement. Like, okay, you guys, you guys know what they actually did. Like, you, you get it. Um, you know, um, you kind of understand the history. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to say that. So, um, I think more of like a general, general advice, um, is, you know, is doing things like this is, you know, is listening to people, um, and, and understand that they're not lying. They're not making this up to make you feel bad about your whiteness. Um, they're not, um, they're not, doing this to make themselves feel better certainly um it's it's all real it's all honest um you know so much of the black community is is about honesty you know uh keep keeping it 100 you know like it, it's um <laughs> as larry wilmore says a lot um, i love larry by the way <laughs> he's, he's pretty great yeah. Yeah. Um I really love Francesca uh Ramsey on Larry Wilmore too. Yeah. Anyways. Um she's she's amazing. Um so you know, it's so if if somebody comes to you, so a person of color comes to you and, and said, This is my experience, blah blah blah, um, your first reaction isn't, well, that can't possibly be true because I haven't experienced it. Like that that's it doesn't matter. Um, because that's what their experience is, you know, mm-hmm. just like if somebody got food poisoning at McDonald's and I didn't have food poisoning, I'd be like, well, you're lying because I didn't get food poisoning at McDonald's. Like, I, I fully believe that somebody could have got food poisoning at McDonald's. Oh. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. right. They're not, so, they're not sharing their experiences for you to validate it. It doesn't. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's kind of my advice. Um, Thank you so much for coming on the show and really appreciate your honesty and enlightening us. Seriously. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah. No, it's been a pleasure. I'm, I'm super excited to hear the rest of the, the show. Good. Well, it's right after this, it's going to get a lot lighter because we're talking about Pokemon and Star Trek. So 
<laughs> oh, perfect. But everything yeah. else is serious. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, it sounds it sounds pretty much like what Facebook's the Facebook newsfeed was this week. So yeah, pretty much, it's pretty yeah. reflective. We're the Facebook newsfeed. All right, have a good night. Yeah, right. Thank you, Alexis. <laughs> you too. Bye. Bye. Okay, there we go. Uh, maybe to wrap up, do we want to play this clip from the Dallas police chief? We, yeah, we definitely can. I would be interested in getting some reactions um, from our listeners. Um, mm-hmm. The Dallas police chief um, made a statement that was directed towards demonstrators and protesters. Um, and I think we'll just let him speak for himself. Part of the solution. Serve your communities. Don't be a part of the problem. We're hiring. We're hiring. <laughs> Uh, get off that protest line and, and, and put an application in. And we'll put you in your neighborhood and he- we will help you resolve some of the problems you're protesting about. There you go. Yeah. Well it's, said. Uh, uh, I, I have really, I don't know. You didn't like, like it? You didn't like David Brown? <clears throat> Uh, I I think that it's making a lot of assumptions. Um, yeah, but isn't is it's, he? I'm sorry, just to clarify, is want to make sure I have the right person. He he's he's black too, isn't he? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Um, That's what I thought. I just I to me I think that there are valid points to be made there. I also think that he's falling back on the trope of the protester being an unemployed loser who just wants to rabble rouse. I feel like that's what he's doing there saying, get out of the protest line, come work for your community. And I I do agree. I think people should work for their Mm -hmm. communities, but I also think that people who are demonstrating right now have very valid reasons to be doing what they're doing. So, you know, I just, I, I would be really interested in hearing some feedback from our general audience as to how they perceive that. Well, yeah. my, my response to that is he's saying, don't just protest for a week or two and then go away. Stay active by working with us. Right. But I think that I think that got lost with the latter portion of that clip, especially when he said we are hiring. You know, um, he's basically it. that implies that, oh, well, you don't like uh, what's going on. Well, why don't you join the team and then you can do it? Or you, you can, you can, it just, that part kind of is what left a sour taste in my mouth because, yeah, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I think, first of all, I agree with him that, that going out into the street and making your voice heard is a, first of all, a very critical step. Let's not undermine the importance of that. I mean, this Mm -hmm. entire issue has gotten attention because people have been doing that, but it shouldn't, it shouldn't end there. So I agree with the implication that that shouldn't just be, Oh, look, I've made a sign and I'm going to go march in the streets. And now my, my social obligations to this issue are over. That shouldn't be how anybody views it. He's right that there needs to be action behind those words as well. So you should be helping your communities. But what I think maybe he's missing is that the people who are out there protesting are those most likely to be doing that already. They're already so engaged and they're already so. Um, um, they already know how important this issue is. That who's to say they're not helping their communities and they're not out there trying to improve them? They're probably the ones who are most likely to. And lastly, this sort of goes back to what I said earlier about police 
and law enforcement taking responsibility for their own. I think I don't want to speak obviously for the movement at all, but my personal interpretation of it has been that their beef is with law enforcement not taking responsibility for this shit. And by him saying, oh, well, come and join the team, it's sort of, it's missing the point. It's like, mm-hmm. no, you're already on the team. We're not, a- we're asking you to t- to have some accountability and to hold your own people responsible mm-hmm. when they fuck up. Do I really need to become a police officer for that to happen? Let's talk about a lighter subject now. Pokemon Go. Um, <laughs> Yay. Pokemon Go has swept the world, quite frankly. Um, it, it, like I said earlier in the show, it debuted last week. Everybody's really taken by it. Uh, basically, how it works, if you haven't played it yet, is it, it's a free app. It's for iPhone and Android. And, and you just walk around your local town and you can encounter Pokemon and you can catch them. And it looks like they're sitting there right there in front of you, thanks to augmented reality. Mm-hmm. And I just want to throw in, a, before we start talking about it, I want to throw in a couple of statistics about this uh just to show you how damn popular it is it's already bigger than tinder um it easily surpassed tinder (laughs) in terms of (laughs) installs on android which is just incredible was tinder the top one at the time no i'm just talking about general installation on phones tinder was only about two and a half percent pokemon go as of friday was climbing up to five percent this is all android devices in the world so that's significant Number two, it's as popular as Twitter in terms of daily usage. That's significant. I mean, you know, Twitter's been around forever and suddenly Pokemon Go comes up on it. Uh, it helped Nintendo increase their market value by $7.5 billion on Monday. It's getting more usage than Snapchat, Facebook Messenger, Instagram, and WhatsApp. It's taken over places like Central Park. And I know Matt said uh, the uh, restaurant near him, there's been crowds gathering because that's the location of a Poka gym. Yeah, it's like a hotspot. A player accidentally discovered a dead body while out searching for Pokemon. Searches for Pokemon are now at a 12-year high on Google. Spotify, the theme song on Spotify, jumped 362% in the past week. It's just, it's gigantic. I was out last night. I gave my dog an extra walk. I was about to pull out my phone and start playing. Two guys passed me with it open. I'm like, I'm not sitting here with it open while they are sitting here with it open. So I pretended like I totally didn't come out to walk my dog just for just to play it. Why is yeah. everybody so obsessed with this? Because we're 90s kids. Yeah, I th- yeah, I think so. And I think it's also like the first of its genre too for at least mobile apps to really use augmented reality for this type of niche. Well, well funnily enough, is- it was actually based on a different game. But it wasn't the popular Pokemon brand. So now they've combined the technology with whatever app it used to be Mm -hmm. with Pokemon. And that's how it has all that cool data. Like, I was so impressed the other day when I pulled it up for the first time. And there was a photo of something actually nearby me where I can go get Pokeballs. And it had a label. It was called the Griffin Statue. And the the Griffin Statue was right there. It was just on somebody's property. property. I'm like, how the hell did it know that? Yeah. Turns out they have all this data from another game. Yeah, wasn't it String, the name of that? I remember um, a few years ago, there was a game that was a lot like this, where it would show these little creatures, um, but it didn't catch on because, like, you didn't have any connection to it. Like, who cared about it? But it was kind of cool. The technology was really neat. And I think that must be where they got this from. Um, I'm super obsessed. 
Although I will say, Andrew's talking about going out and walking around. Um, I have discovered that if you sit long enough, the Pokemon will come to you. <laughs> so if you're a lazy ass like me, don't get off that couch. Well, officially... Get an extra bag of Cheetos. The best, the best way to do that is to use one of your incense. And the Pokemon will come to you. What's an incense? Wait, what? This when is you, something that I'm missing. When you start out, you click your Pokeball and you click on items and then you grab an incense. You have two to start with and then you can get more as you level up or whatever. Um, I don't have any incenses. Oh, no. I have an incense. I'm using it right now. I cool. guess you aren't the very best, Laura. Well, what the fuck? Lo- I can't believe you haven't you been using them? Yeah, I've been using incense. I, I, all right. This is, Why the- don't, wait, do I have to buy them? No, you should have two to start. You collect well, them like Pokeball. Bullshit. I have three. I'm pissed. I have been walking around. I've discovered places in my neighborhood I didn't know existed. <laughs> Same. Yesterday, yesterday, I went to dinner purely because I would walk by a lure, uh, a, a poke spot with a lure attached to it. You know, like those, you ever see like the, the, the pink confetti looking stuff? Yeah. What that's, is that? That's when there is. Hold on, I want to make sure I get. Okay. They're like hearts or something, right? It's right? called a lore. Yeah, so the, that's when there's a, a a lore attached to it, which basically works the exact same way as incense, except incense you can only use for yourself. It will attract the Pokemon to to just to you, but the lore anybody can go and take advantage of it. So I was I was walking past like three of these lures uh, on my way to dinner, and I stop and I sit on a bench. My brother's with me, and I was only there for two minutes and a guy walks over and he says, is this where the Pokemon party is? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, well, it is now. Take a seat. And he sits down. (laughs) We start talking about our Pokemon. Um, He he was directing me how I can find some Psyducks. And he and so another kid from behind us. He was probably like 10 years old, but whatever. He he walks over and and he's like. Is this is this where I I get is this where I get my pigeon? And I'm like, oh god, he was adorable. <laughs> yeah, and like, and then Elisa got arrested for kidnapping child. People just kept call, coming over, and like, I was only there like 20 minutes. By the end of it, there was a small fucking group there, and I'm thinking, God, no wonder it's bigger than Tinder. I could date one of these nerds easily. <laughs> like, this is a way way better for my sex life than any <laughs> online dating app. That's for goddamn sure. I was gonna say, I can't wait until they find a way to integrate this with a dating app. I am so blown away by how the world has really become taken with this. I think, you know, we, we've talked about this bad news recently. I think this was a good thing for the world. There's this sense of community. There's there's a sense of happiness, of nostalgia, like Laura mentioned. I just think it's great. And, they, of course, the Internet is really obsessed. Oh, all these great memes online. I, I just can't wait to see how this what, Laura? What I happened? just used one of my incenses and it brought a polywag to me, which I already fucking have. Oh, don't you hate that? But then God. you can trade it. You can give it to Professor Hot Guy and then uh, you'll get a candy, which Here's you can use thing. to level up. Laura, you want to catch as many duplicates as possible because you get candy for oh, that specific wait. Pokemon when you and catch a, a duplicate. One. I've got a Metapod. Ooh, I don't have Metapod Ooh. yet. Fuck yeah. My mom just went through Metapod. <laughs> I have a, um, I'm proud to say I have a Pikachu. I was using an incense and the Pikachu came to me. It was thrilling. You bitch. I know. I started with a Charmander. What did you guys start with? Charmander. Yeah, I got Charmander as well. 
I, think I, I got a Squirtle. Pray. Yeah, you would. So you would get a Squirtle. The other thing that encourages you to walk is you can uh, <laughs> incubate eggs, and then they hatch after yes! you've walked a certain amount of time. So I made a mistake by trying to incubate the one that requires 10 kilometers of walking. Yeah. That's a long one. The rest are two or, and five. I don't even yeah, know but, what, hmm? but the 10 kilometer ones, though, those tend to have the best Pokemon inside. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, it, generally speaking, not always. It is a bit of a crapshoot, but sometimes... Like, um, a friend of mine got a Magmar, like, after, with a 10-kilometer one, yeah. which is fucking massive. It was, like, 400 CP, and it was just this huge monster. He took over, like, two gyms. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, so it'll be worth it. Trust he me. I just birthed like a Jigglypuff <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> I got really, I don't know why you're laughing. I got real fucking excited about this. I, like, screen capped it and, like, sent it to everybody. I'm like, I just birthed a Jigglypuff. This is, like, my fucking childhood dream. <laughs> then I went and caught a Jigglypuff in the wild. <laughs> and I used that to upgrade my old Jigglypuff. I mean, this this is just like the gift that keeps on giving. It's so fun because of the discovery like, element. Um, like, and you really have to go and work for it. And you feel rewarded if you walk a little bit and you discover something good. Or yeah. you feel really rewarded if you're sitting on the couch and an Eevee or, uh, just walks up to you. Will you stop with the couch tips? This isn't about sitting on the couch. This you want to get out. It, totally can be <laughs> i uh You're anti-social and, you can still make it work and this is truly a game changer for dog owners and dogs i mean i've I, brooklyn's going places he's never been before thanks to this <laughs> like elisa imagine i'm actually thinking of writing an article on hypable with the dog with my dog as under the byline all caps in brooklyn's voice and a whole article saying Pokemon Go is the best thing to happen to dogs like me. What's Brooklyn's voice? Oh, I don't want to do it on the show. Oh, come on. You can't just say meant, that like, and then not do it. I have to look at him. Brooklyn. <laughs> I, I seriously talk like my dog like 50% of the day. Yeah, me too. Hey, dads. Welcome home, dads. That's my Brooklyn <laughs> voice. And he can get sarcastic sometimes. Thanks a lot, dads, for being out all night. Fuck you, dads. <laughs> That's a sample. That's adorable. <laughs> Can I catch Brooklyn? Uh, maybe. Mike He's Instagrammed a photo cute. of him playing Pokemon Go and capturing some Pokemon while Brooklyn was in it. It was pretty cute. Anyway, anything else to say about Pokemon Go? Um, what teams are we joining? I don't know yet. I did, I I, uh, I joined Yellow. I think I'm going to join Yellow too. I I need. To, I haven't been to a gym yet. But I'm no, level five join, now, so I'm ready. I joined yellow because I'm in Hufflepuff, so. Oh, then maybe I should join red because I'm Gryffindor. Or blue because the new Pottermark quiz quiz and I'm Ravenclaw. <laughs> oh, they don't have a green party, do I'm they? I'm joining blue because BuzzFeed told me to do that, so. And we take all of our life cues from BuzzFeed. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm stuck between yellow and red. Red's my favorite color and Team Valor which is pretty baller, but on the other hand, yellow's the underdog around here, and I, I, I feel compelled to, you know, bring them out of the, bring them out of the slumps. See, in my area, most people are yellow. Oh, How we've got no that? yellow. Because you, you can look gym? around. Does it tell you? Yeah, yeah, you can look around at the gyms around you, and at least I, I have like ten gyms around mm. my apartment building. Mm-hmm. I look around, and they're all red and blue. Okay. I need to actually go to a gym. I haven't really walked towards one. 
I need to actually go to a gym. <laughs> I need to go to an actual gym. Actual gym. I will tell you guys, today I sweat outside for the first time, like getting exercise for the first time in probably a year looking for an Eevee. And I found it. I found it in a stranger's backyard, but it was completely worth it they were at work it was fine all right, all right yeah all right now there's gonna be police report out for you there there have been funny like people like business owners have been <laughs> posting signs on their doors like pikachu are pikachu are for paying customers only <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm gonna put that on my so my my apartment building actually is a pokestop Mine so too. i just sit here all oh, fucking fuck. night and, and just spin it yeah. all night i just, just got a Nidorano. fuck yeah yeah, I want to put that like on front of our, our apartment building, like like Pokemon are for paying customers only. <laughs> I was joking on Twitter earlier. I said I'm thinking of telling my landlord to add conveniently located next to a Pokestop as one of the benefits listed on my apartment's website. Legit. Idea. Yeah. All right, guys, what's our what's our best? What's our highest uh, rated Pokemon combat points? CP. What's our highest one? Um, I haven't had any combat yet. I got a Growlithe at. Growlithe at 125 and a Venonat at 127. My Pikachu's at 89. I have a Ponya or Ponyta yeah. at 106. So, oh, that's really good. Wait, so you guys have gotten into fights? No, no you can level they, them up. They come with they come with us uh, CP points when you catch them. Also, oh, so if you if you click on the Pokeball at the bottom and then you go over to Pokemon on the left. You'll see all of your Pokemon and, and the CP point. How many cool. Pokemon do you all have right now? I don't have that much. I have thirty. I have thirty-two different kinds, but I have sixty-three actual Pokemon. I'm still leveling. <gasps> wow! You I leveled lot. up to five. Yay! Yay! You're ready for a gym. Yeah, I'm so happy for you. Let's congratulations. I have twenty-eight, but I also have four Pidgey, and I'm trying to get rid of them right now. Yeah, I have twenty-nine. Oh, man, I need to get out more. No, All you right. need to stay in more, clearly. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. All right, so a little other interesting news this week. We found out that Sulu is going to be gay in the new Star Trek Beyond. And I've been eagerly awaiting hearing Elisa's thoughts on this because she is a Star Trek super nerd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, between this and the Pokemon, I'm really selling myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think this is I think this is great. I don't see what I don't see why this is even controversial, really. Um, first of all, to me, everyone on Star Trek is gay. Like I just <laughs> I like to believe that they're all banging because let me tell you, I have put a lot of hours into writing that Kirk Spock fan fiction. Not kidding. Not kidding. Seriously, no, guys, really, I've done that a lot. And I love the idea of the entire Enterprise team just being gay. So I like to imagine the entire the entire ship is as being um as being a gay bar really. So I'm good with this. Also, to be fair, Sulu never really had like a legit love interest in the original series. Right. So there's so I think so we we should talk a little bit about George Takai said that he's against this really. Yeah, of course. And for anyone who doesn't know, he he played the original um, Hikaru Sulu. And he himself is gay and has been a really vocal advocate of gay rights. But he's come out against this. And he apparently lobbied 
the Star Trek producers against this decision, saying that he thought it went against it went against Gene Roddenberry's original intentions for the character, and as much as he is in favor of representation, that that should be done through new characters, not rewriting old ones, which is an argument we hear a lot, but usually from straight people. Um, not in this case. And I respectfully disagree. I don't think there's any problem with it myself, but you got to admit, if there's anybody... If there's anybody on the planet who who whose opinion you should respect on the matter, it would be his. Yeah. Yeah, and- I guess. But like he was complaining that it went against Gene Roddenberry's uh, original vision. And I'm like, well, then where the fuck was he complaining when they put Spock and Ahura together? Mm. He may have been, actually. I mean, he referenced that there's been some changes since the original series that he hasn't agreed with either. He didn't reference that. But he said that there's been a few, a number of changes to characters that he hasn't liked. But so but you know, he, he, but like he, he's an actor though. He's an actor from the original series. That doesn't necessarily mean that he is the, you know, the be all, end all, say in what's good and what's bad. No, he's certainly entitled to his opinion, just like yes. everybody else is on this matter. I think it was just so shocking that this guy, openly gay, advocate. Sulu himself would actually be against it. I, what bothers me about this, about his thoughts on it, is that he is—he's acting like this is, this is, this is the, this is you. Sorry, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> he's acting like this is uh, that you're supposed to keep with the original vision forever. Well, and to that point, Andrew, the new Star Trek films are take place in an alternate universe. Yeah. I think they they think they made that very clear actually. They they they've broken from original canon in, in a number of ways. They they deliberately created an alternate universe so that they could fool around with the characters. So, you know, I don't even think it does really it doesn't mean anything in retrospect. It doesn't mean that the quote-unquote original Sulu was necessarily gay. Uh although he very well could have been again Sulu didn't really have um, like a love interest in the original series. The closest thing we ever saw to his sexuality was he flirted with Ahura a few times in one of the episodes, Mirror Mirror. He like basically tried to like grope her. It was weird. Oh that's like the my. only thing. It's the only thing. <laughs> it's the only thing that we ever got about his sexuality. And then like in uh, I think the Next Generation, he has a daughter, but that doesn't mean that he's that he's straight. Mm-hmm. So you know. I don't think it's a big deal. I think it's kind of cool, and I don't get what his problem is. Well, let's listen to Zachary Quinto's thoughts on the matter. He plays Spock, and Elisa wants to bone him, but mm-hmm. he is gay. I'm a member yeah. of the LGBT community myself. I found it um, slightly... Uh, I, I, was, I was disappointed by the fact that George was disappointed. You know, I think any member of the LGBT community that uh, takes issue with the normalized and... Uh, positive portrayal of members of our community in Hollywood and in mainstream blockbuster cinema. Um, you know, I, I, I get it that he's had his own personal journey and has his own personal relationship to this character. Um, but, you know, as we established in the first Star Trek film in 2009, we've created an alternate universe. Um, and my hope is that eventually George can be strengthened by the enormously positive response from especially young people who are heartened by and inspired by this really tasteful uh, and beautiful portrayal of some something that I think is uh, uh, gaining 
uh, acceptance and inclusion in our societies across the world and should be. And and something he hit on earlier in that, that the fact that this is happening in a mainstream blockbuster movie, that's mm-hmm. hugely significant. And mm-hmm. I, I hate that George Takei's comments have kind of taken away from that. Because imagine this happening in Star Wars. Imagine this happening in Harry Potter. It, it's just, it, it's a big yeah. deal. It's a big deal for that. Yeah. It's not like he's fucking somebody on screen. Which or, would also be okay. Yeah. yeah. With me, but... personally. <laughs> um, I do imagine frequently other characters of other universes. So, I'd be okay. pollinating Yeah, 100%. I, oh, I, I do think it'll just be in passing, but... But hey, it's better than nothing. It, it'll still be significant. It's still going to annoy all the homophobes. He's super hot too. The the new Sulu, I mean. Mm. What's yeah. his name? I can't remember his name. John Cho. John Cho. Yeah. Ten out of yeah, ten of of Harold and Kumar fame. Yeah, not so hot in those movies, but a Sulu, <laughs> a Sulu definitely. Well, that's all we have for everybody today. Uh, Laura, what's what's coming up on today's installment of After Dark? So to try and kind of keep things light because we had some kind of heavy content at the beginning of the show, we wanted to discuss this week's douche canoes of the internet. So we found a few individuals who just did really dumb things on the internet this week, and we're going to share them and rant about them. And we even have an interview with one of these wonderful individuals. I can't wait to talk about Misha Barton. It's crazy. I I put that one first. (laughs) Yeah, I've been having a lot of fun with her on on my private Twitter, but we'll talk about that. Well, we'll also talk about Jennifer Mayers. And then there is another, a third person, somebody who we used to have contact with and no longer do, who also did did something idiotic on the internet this week. So tune in for that. And tune in next week for our, the beginning of our, uh, convention coverage and then that'll be going on over the next couple of weeks it's just going to be mayhem the republican one is first right at the end of next week mm-hmm. and then the 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 republican the democratic one will be the following week at the end of the following week so that's going to be really fun because man it's going to get crazy and you know i hate to dig up open carry but open carry does happen in ohio just like it does in dallas and i think people are nervous especially Um, after what happened in dallas uh yeah yeah especially considering the fact that people have been writing petitions to allow open carry at the rnc Cool. I mean, they should they should allow it though, right? Because they're the ones who are saying if everyone has guns, everyone's safer. So that's right, right. A good I'm guy in favor. With a gun. Yeah, I think everyone in the audience should be like they should just pass out guns at the beginning of it. They probably would if they could. Somebody <laughs> just would be, stand there. Would be my guess. <laughs> to wrap up today's show, we are going to enjoy the Pokemon theme as we all head out to capture some more Pokemon. Woo! Actually, yeah, there's a Bulbasaur still lurking. Yep. <laughs> I'm after There's it. Portal nearby. I Bye. need to do a vlog on our Patreon about about my Pokemon. Uh, maybe I'll just vlog myself walking around. Ooh, we can all Pokemon that are themed to the show. <laughs> all right, in August we're all doing Pokemon Go vlogs on Patreon. <laughs> I can't believe, like, as though as though it weren't dorky enough. I'm already walking around trying to catch Pokemon, <laughs> but let me also record a vlog for my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> 
Thanks everyone for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Elisa. I'm Laura. And I'm Matt. See everybody next week for 226. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. I will be the very best. Like no one ever was. Touch them is my real test. To train them is my cause. I